It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Is Marcus Davenport now the most important person on the Minnesota Vikings defense? That and some Dalvin Cook speculation next on the Minnesota Football Party. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next-level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Mailbag Wednesday on the Minnesota Football Party. We're taking your Minnesota Vikings questions and hashing it out with myself, Sam Ekstrom, covering the Vikings here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. Reggie Wilson, Carol Evans, sports director and anchor. Find him on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV. And Luke Inman, we call him the Spinman. He's at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter, and he authors the NFL Draft Buzz newsletter here at Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Reggie Wilson is distraught. I don't know if you can see it on his face, but his beloved Lakers lost last night, guys. We're not going to rub it in on this show. It's a football show. We're not going to talk to Reggie at all about basketball. At all. Yeah, so, so keep, keep it going, Sam. Just yeah. go ahead. Just move we'll just past it. Move, move on past it. Uh, yeah. Dalvin Cook speculation. He is still a Viking, guys. Can June 1st get here, please, so we can have some resolution? Uh, also, the fallout of the Zadarius Smith trade shines the spotlight on Marcus Davenport. We'll dive into that. And what do the Vikings do with their newfound cap space? They've got cap space. They've got money for the first time in forever, it seems like. All of that and more on today's show, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Ron Johnson winning his big nuggets bet last night. Unbelievable. Um, oh, yeah. We're not talking about basketball. I forgot. Oh, that's right. Sorry. That's right. Yeah. Um, Reggie, we'll let you talk about something else. The Minnesota Vikings have money. They've got cash for the first time. I think I, I've seen various numbers, but it, it looks like the Vikings are only having to cover like 1.1 million of the Zadarius Smith salary. So really most of that is getting transferred to Cleveland. The Vikings have over $10 million in cap space. What can they do with it? Do they use it for extensions? Do they go sign some veterans late in the free agency process, Reggie? How can the Vikings utilize this asset that they suddenly have? Yeah, I think it's a good thing because, well, first you can sign your draft picks because you know that's that's, that's nice. kind of important, you that's know. Nice. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I think it's a good position to be in because you know if you you start talking about this Justin Jefferson um, extension, and I saw something, I saw a report that it could be somewhere in the range of like 196 million dollars or something like that, just a ridiculous number. Uh, but a number that he's worth every pick. Yeah, exactly. Like 
he's worth every penny of it. So, it, it, you know, it's whatever. Just back up that Brinks truck, as as Luke was alluding to there. And so I think that's good. Things in training camp, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, it's going to be good. There's still some pretty good free agents on the market right now, just just kind of sitting there, just just chilling. You know, whoever it may be at whatever position, they got some some money to be able to do something with if something happens in training camp and they need to, you know, sign a veteran, sign another offensive lineman, sign a a backup quarterback, or I don't know, you know, sign, sign yeah. maybe a, a receiver or, you know, someone on the defense. Um, I think there's a, and we'll get into it, but there's a good reason why maybe they should just hold on to Dalvin. If they now have this cap space, then it's like, okay, maybe you, you don't rush a decision and maybe you wait until next year on him and you just ride it out with him this year he's still pretty productive back so what's the deal but we we'll get into that but i think it, they're in a good spot finally because they were in like salary cap hell headed into the offseason they made some moves some tough decisions and now they they've put themselves in position to help themselves and you know if there's a way that they can get this jefferson extension done where you know they aren't eating a whole lot of the, the cap space this offseason or, or this season, and th they can play around with that 10, 12 million that they have on on uh, on the books right now, then maybe get that done. But other than that, it just allows them flexibility of nothing else that they just did not have coming into the offseason. Uh, yeah. Reggie mentioned 10 to 12 on the books. So let's say worst case, they can't trade Dalvin. They ended up just cutting him. They saved what, five, six, maybe six and change. So that leaves us just projection. Do you guys know, have you seen any numbers or heard any reports coming out? What, 16, 17, 18 million? Is that what the Vikings are kind of looking at after they sign those draft picks? Vikings are listed at 11.1 .1 available right now. I think mm -hmm. the post June one for Dalvin actually rises to seven or eight. Um, so that would actually put them 19 or so in and cat, still 19 have million. Draft picks? And uh, I'm sorry. And the draft picks, uh, Caleb, uh, Caleb, uh, that, that's, that's a Minnesota wild reference. Caleb, uh, what Kalen Addison, um, Jordan Addison, I think costs him 2.6. Okay. So go from 19 to 16 and a half. And so let's just call it, yeah, 15 and change on the yeah. safe end after they release Dalvin, which we're assuming they will. But, you know, the offense is set, right? I mean, if any position could still be maybe warranted, like some sort of upgrade, it was maybe the offensive line, right? Kirk Cousins hit and sacked and pressured more than any quarterback last year. But they're clearly set and roll with the same five. They're going to run it back. So defensively, you look at that maybe secondary group, a lot of young guys, the oldest guy in that room, Byron Murphy at 25 years old Marcus Peters still sitting out there one of my favorite cornerbacks from that Trey Wayne's draft class in 2015 he's been outstanding former pro bowler he would be a great addition just to get a veteran presence in there and then I think about and we'll touch on Zadarius and Marcus Davenport in this edge and linebacker group a little bit but you got two guys in Trey Flowers and Kyle Van Noy still sitting out there in the free agent market that both have experience under that Bill Belichick defensive scheme obviously the one that Brian Flores runs so I think there's still some defensive pieces sitting out there. Reggie mentioned maybe a backup quarterback. Hey, 
How about Team Teddy? Bring Teddy two gloves back and a little reunion back in purple too. So I'm just looking at the free agent names right now. I just pulled them up. There's a lot of interesting names, especially on the defensive side of the ball, if the Vikings wanted to add some more veteran presence on that end. Yeah, and there's really not an OBJ figure who is like holding out for $15 million. I think most of the people remaining, we're talking one, two, three million to, to bring him in. So in other words, you can sign whoever you want. So I guess the question is, why wouldn't you want to? Why wouldn't you want to enhance this roster that is shallow at some positions, especially in the secondary? Now, now let's circle to, to Dalvin, because we did get a question from Don, who is wondering, is there a possible resolution where Dalvin stays? There was a report from Jeremy Fowler, VSPN, who basically said all options are on the table and maybe the Vikings are just tap dancing until June 1st because that's the magic date. But Fowler said they want Dalvin to go to a place where he can play and be happy, whether that's via trade or eventual release or even staying in Minnesota. They've got the cap space. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they just keep Dalvin? It's a lot of money, but it's the sunk cost. They can't do anything with that money because we already established there's not expensive players on the market that they need to go sign. Now, devil's advocate, you release Dalvin, open up some cap space. Maybe you can front load a TJ Hawkinson extension, take on some of that money now so you don't have to pay him as much in future years against the cap. I don't know. But are is there more incentive suddenly for the Vikings to work something out with Dalvin Cook, Reggie? It's kind of what I was alluding to earlier. I just, if money is not the situation, is it just that like, oh, we just don't value running backs at that number anymore, so we can't hold on to him? Because, I mean, he's not like a slouch by any means. Like, the guy is still a very productive back in the NFL. And you're talking about a guy who, you know, in some circles will say is is a top five back in the league. And he's still fast, like I said, still productive. Last year was quite an adjustment for him in that first year of KOC's offense, maybe another year he can find a little bit more comfort and a little bit more productivity. Why not? I mean, I I don't know. It, it's weird. It just seems like, you know, <laughs> it's it's been pointed out, the Vikings background photo on Twitter now does not have Dalvin, and now it has Alexander Madison. It's just like, oh, is that this matters. a sign? That matters. You got to read the tea leaves. You do. Connect the you dots. Do. And so, but it's it's been the weirdest thing. I think, as you guys said, like, it needs to come to some sort of a resolution, though, because it's just been like this cloud. You know, ever since Zadari has posted his house for sale and and said a goodbye, a goodbye to Skull Nation, like everybody's like, okay, what's going to happen with him? You know, people are still trying to figure out what's going to go go on with Daniil Hunter. And maybe now that they've cleared some of this cap space, maybe now they could try to settle his situation a little bit more. But it, this whole thing with Dalvin has been like this cloud over the offseason. It's like, okay, they, they released Kendricks. They released Thielen. Okay, what, what's next? And everybody thought that it would be some type of resolution for Dalvin, even by the draft. Nothing happened. 
He's still on the team, but it's just this like weird like situation going on where you just don't know what's going to happen. And so I think yeah, that's going to be like something that needs to get resolved because I feel like the longer it goes, the the more things just seem to like sour. I don't know. But a resolution here will be nice because now as you're headed into OTAs next week and and now you're trying to figure out, okay, how's this team going to look next year? You still got all these unsolved mysteries on the team. This is what it is. It's when you break up with your girlfriend and then you go to all your family, you go to your buddies and you talk about how unhappy you were about all of her flaws and everyone agrees with you. They say, yeah, you know, it wasn't working out. You made the right move. And then you wind up back with her because you just can't quit her. And then she shows up at that first family reunion and you have to, to try to re-justify to your family why this is actually makes sense. It's an awkward situation. Words have been said. Um, there's been a lot written about it. The, the agent and the team, I don't know if they have a great relationship. So it's messy, Luke Inman. Is there any, is there any way, and would there be, pun intended, too many cooks in the kitchen if the Vikings brought Dalvin back? Love what you did there, Sam. I, I think before the draft, when their salary cap, like Reggie mentioned, was in cap hell, dead last in the league, I gave it about a 2 to 3% chance Dalvin Cook was coming back. Now that they got so much cap space, I'll put it at about a 10% chance. Triple, right? But still 90% chance he's probably not coming back. And like you just mentioned, all right, I'm going to go to my family and kind of cherry pick all the things that I didn't love about Dalvin Cook. Led the league in runs for no gain or less. Third to last in total EPA. Tied for the league lead in fumbles lost. Dalvin Cook is a special running back. Nobody can argue that. Top five in the league. There's a certain style to his running game, right? He's a boomer bust kind of guy. And when you get the big chunk runs like in the Miami game, the Buffalo game, the Indianapolis game, it's great. But on all those other runs, on those games where you don't get the big one, right, the big home run run, it's tough. And I think maybe Kevin O'Connell looked at that and looked at guys like a Dwayne McBride, looked at guys like Alexander Madison and said, you know what, I got to put Kirk Cousins in my passing game in better third and manageable situations. These third and 13s because Dalvin got hit in the backfield and all of a sudden it's second and, and 15 just like that. Maybe he's trying to shift away from that and look for a different runner. And the other thing, too, is like Reggie mentioned, all right, you get rid of Thielen, you get rid of Kendricks, you get rid of Zadarius. It's a youth movement going on. Clearly, they're trying to reset this cap. They're trying to move on from the Rick Spielman era. Quasey's trying to do his own thing. And if there was ever a position, you know, not have a $15 million player leading the, the kind of race there at that position group, it's running back, clearly. I mean, everybody's copying now. It's a copycat league. The blueprint's out there from Philly, from Kansas City, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, the Eagles had a three running back committee as well. So I, I think this is the position to do it when Quasey just looks at the analytical numbers, the salary cap mess that they're in now, and trying to look not just this year, though, guys, but look for 2024 and 2025 and beyond and try to build – the most efficient Super Bowl window they can. And I don't think paying a running back big money, even if Dalvin wants to take some sort of pay cut, is in the works. It, it just it seems like it's time to cut ties. Maybe best for both parties involved at this point. Yeah, the Jeremy Fowler report made it sound like there's still like an open window here. I tend to believe that's a little bit of smoke and that the decision's already been made and now it's just a waiting game. Let's talk about how this this available cap space relates to Daniil Hunter 
after I remind folks that it's a Built Bar Day on the Minnesota Football Party. We're brought to you by Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Frankly, you got to try them. Uh, they're a healthy snack choice. You don't compromise on taste. You get amazing macros, low calorie count, four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And the kicker, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real dark chocolate. The flavors are amazing, creative, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, churro puff, brownie batter puff. Oh, so good. Uh, you don't need to wait to get a box either. You can go down to Walmart, check out the pharmacy section or Sam's Club, the pharmacy section there, get a four bar or a 13 bar box. Or you can just go to built.com, get those specialty flavors there and have it shipped right to your door for convenience. Built Bars, the best tasting protein bar ever built. You gotta try them. All right, fellas. Reminder that you can uh, subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube for free. Get all of our videos. We're also free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Amazon Fire and Roku, the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app as well. Myriad ways to consume the content at Lockdown Sports Minnesota. So maybe this is why there's an urge to create cap space. The Vikings have traded Zadarius Smith. And in my opinion, I don't think they wanted to. I think they wanted to find a resolution. Um, otherwise, why wouldn't they have honored Zadarius's request much earlier in the offseason and had the cap space and had the draft picks? They didn't. I think they wanted to make it work. So Zadarius is gone, maybe kind of against the team's plan. That leaves Marcus Davenport, and it leaves Daniil Hunter. Well, Davenport comes in on a one-year deal, right? So he's kind of a mercenary. He's coming in. He's trying to rebuild his stock. He had a bad year last year. Um, you've got him, and he's not really a three-down guy either. You've got Daniil Hunter, who's disgruntled, who's wanted a long-term contract for years, who is probably going to hold out if he doesn't get one. The urgency to get Daniil Hunter signed, suddenly Daniil has got a whole lot of leverage, fellas, because he knows how important he is. The Vikings know how important he is. And he has been waiting for this deal for a long, long time. I don't think he's going to take too many hometown discounts. So you've got to have some cap space to give this man his money. If it's three-year, $55 million deal, three years, 50, he's going to want close to $20 million a year. You're going to need some cap space to pay off a signing bonus, guys. I think that Daniil Hunter is the, the biggest expenditure still to come for the Vikings this offseason that hits the cap this year. Reggie, your thoughts on that? Yeah, pay the man. You know, he was coming off back-to-back -back seasons that ended in injury, got with the new sports science crew, completed a full season, Pro Bowl year, 10 and a half sacks. Like, I mean, pay the man, pay the man. You know, this this whole thing with Daniil is just so interesting. You know, he got the $72 million deal. I think he's due a $4.9 million base salary this year, which is like with his production. That's that's not much. What is that? You know, like it's it's and, and look, he's already deleted all the, the Viking stuff from all of his social media. That's the, you know, the quintessential way to let everybody know. Look, man, I ain't happy with this. Y'all got to pay me, man. You know, so I think that's what that's what should be required. Like, go ahead. Just like pay the man. Like you said, they got some cap space now. It. 
it makes sense to just pay the man. Also, though, I've I've kind of had a, a couple thoughts since we've been talking this uh, this morning. So, the Vikings once employed a guy who happens to be a free agent right now, and I don't know how much of a fit he would be with Brian Flores' system, mm. but he's tallied eight sacks in each of his seven years, and he's just chilling on the free agent market right now. His name's Yannick Ngakwe. Oh, my. He could be an option. Oh he my. could be an option. I mean, he's just chilling right now. Why hasn't anyone signed him yet? And why is he already about to be on, like, his sixth team in his seven years? What is going on? There's some – I don't know if this is even right. There's some monster names out here, right? Leonard Floyd, Jadavian Clowney, Frank Clark, Yannick Ngakwe, four great pass rushers right there sitting on the free agent market. Reggie's right, though. you got to pay this man his money, especially with Zadarius Smith out of the equation now. Daniil Hunter now becomes – arguably, in my opinion, the most important piece to this defensive puzzle for Brian Flores. Without a good pass rush, and you know he's going to bring the blitz a lot, uh, whether it was in Miami or New England under Bill Belichick, ranked in the top 10, sending the blitz. He's already talked a lot about the zero blitz factor as well. And whether you want Hunter on the edge or over the A gap and the B gap, you name it. I mean, this guy is so versatile and such an important piece to the defensive puzzle now. And without a good pass rush, as we know, uh, this defense will just not get back to respectability and where it needs to be. So, yeah, you got to pay the man his money. I'm not going to sit here and fling out a bunch of numbers. I don't know what fair market value would look like, Sam. Maybe you know that better than I do. But um, you got money now, and I think you should soak a lot of that up and make Daniil Hunter a happy man because you're going to need him for the full grind in this 2023 season. Yeah, I, I would guess the biggest sticking point is that sort of by principle, Quazy does not like those long-term deals. Uh, so I'm sure that Daniil would ask for four or five, and, and Quazy would say no or max out at three. So how long is the deal going to be? Then if they if Daniil does cave and, and say, okay, three is fine, but you're going to have to pay me a prettier penny. You're going to have to pay me $19 million, $20 million a year in order to justify that, and I want a lot of it guaranteed. I want $30 million guaranteed. You know, the Vikings are going to have to make some sacrifices if they're going to play hardball with the term of that contract. But these are some interesting stats from Kevin Seifert's recent article. While Daniil was very effective last year and Zedarius was very effective last year, as a group, Vikings pass rushers were 27th in pass rush win rate, 30th in pressure rate, and 23rd in sacks per drop back, in large part because that was the Adonatel style. He only rushed for 78% of the time, which is not a I mean, that is a big number. That's a huge number. He didn't blitz. That was the big knock on Ed Donatel, and those four guys up front just didn't always have the juice to get home. Um, so there's a lot on the Vikings' edge rushers this year. If they don't have Daniil, then all they've got is Marcus Davenport. And, and this Marcus Davenport signing, it kind of reminds me of uh, Sheldon Richardson a few years back, kind of a guy that is, was down in his career, was trying to rehabilitate his stock. He went to a team for one year trying to get paid. I think it's just a one-year engagement with Davenport. I don't think he's going to be here long-term. Um, but can he give you enough to, A, replace Zedari, most of what Zedarius Smith gave you, um, and can he play in a little bit of a bigger role? Because if you look at his year-to-year, his -year, hasn't really played more than 400, 500 snaps a season. Reggie, do you have confidence in the new Agent Zero, Marcus Davenport? And no, 
That doesn't represent the number of sacks he had last year. Oh, close though. It was 0.5 in 15 games last year. It's like it was a pretty high upside thought, you know, when you signed him. Mm -hmm. And I think he has like a pretty incentive laden deal with the Vikings as well. And that's something that Quasey has decided to kind of do since he's been here in Minnesota is just take a chance on a guy who may be a little bit downtrodden, but has a lot of potential. And it worked out with Zadarius. Now Zadarius is in Cleveland looking like he's having the time of his life already because he got his salary fully guaranteed for this upcoming season. <laughs> it makes but, a man happy when your salary I mean, yeah, is guaranteed. Of course, of <laughs> course. Uh, and so I think that's probably the, the thing with me. I want Davenport to do well. Like he's a former first round pick and, you know, the production has been just, you know, a little spotty, but I think he has some potential there. Whether or not he sees it through in, in Minnesota, we don't quite know yet. And I'm interested to see how he picks up in this system and this scheme and, and how they utilize him. But like I said, I would not mind seeing another pass rusher being added to the mix. As you said, Luke, both Ngakwe and Leonard Floyd are out there. Two guys who have been very productive in their the the systems that they've been in before. Not sure about fit and all that stuff, but like two guys who can get after it that could help, you know, kind of spell, you know, Hunter or Davenport, along with some of the other guys that they have in that pass rush uh, room who have been productive players in the last several years who can give you a little bit more of a punch on that defense. And now that you have the cap room, unless you're like about to really blow the bag for Hunter or, or cash out with Justin Jefferson, like we need to see what exactly is going to happen with that money that they're using. I think there's, there's good ways to use that. Maybe bringing in another pass rusher who has elite skills. Yeah, in that article by Seifert, too, this morning that dropped on ESPN, go check that out. He was in the top 15% over the last two years in pressures. He's just not getting home. He's doing the hard part. And I think a guy like Brian Flores can help hone his technique a little bit more and help him find a way to finish when he's getting home. But uh, you'd rather have it that way where you're getting the pressures, the harder part, and maybe not for whatever reason getting the sacks as opposed to the opposite where, yeah, I'm getting a bunch of garbage time sacks or I'm cleaning up somebody else's mess on the other side, but I'm really not getting home in an efficient manner. So Davenport, there is some juice there. I really liked him coming out in 2018. I saw him down to the Senior Bowl, an absolute monster, an athletic freak. He's going to pair really well in this Brian Flores system. I'm excited to see what Flores does with a lot of these guys, but I think the bigger factor, as much as we talk about the pass rush and getting home with Hunter and Davenport and other guys like DJ Wanham and Patrick Jones and maybe Andre Carter sees the field a little bit this year, but the Vikings were, what, 27th? in the league in pass rush win rate. They were 20th in the league, though, as well, in run win rate. So to set up those third and long situation, guys, you got to win on first and second down. And I'm just as worried about the first and second down. Maybe it's defensive line run stoppers and how consistent they can be. But again, you mentioned it yesterday, Sam. This entire 2023 season may come down to the shoulders of Brian Flores and just how much he can maximize and just wring every ounce of talent out of this defense defensive uh, uh, core and unit because that's what's ultimately going to come down to this offense. I think we all agree.
three should be in the top five in multiple categories. Can the defense just be respectable and, and, you know, even middle of the pack in some categories, that's all they need. I think to be competitive week in and week out. Yeah. We like to poo poo the value of the run game in football these days, but I tend to think that the difference between the Vikings being what they were last year and improving might be the run game on both sides of the ball on offense. Can you be more efficient on first and second down, running the football, setting up third and shorts, breaking occasional big plays. And on defense, can you put teams in a bind more often? They got run on so frequently last year um, where teams were converting third downs because they had third and short. I think that being really good at the run defense, being more efficient on offense in the run game is is a pretty gigantic uh, difference. Let's talk- Sam, I brought it up, I think it was a week ago, I pulled out that stat that the Vikings offense, is as great as they were last year, they were bottom three in time of possession. So they either went three and out or they scored, but they scored almost too quick, which sounds ridiculous, mm-hmm. I know, but it was a four or five play, bang, bang drive. I think Kevin O'Connell, after his first year, is looking at all these different factors and variables and going, you know what? I think to help our defense out more than anything, I got to find a way to to generate some long sustained drives here, and that means what you just mentioned, Sam, winning on first and second down, turning out some third and shorts, and drawing out those six, seven, eight, nine minute drives more times than not, because I think that's going to help the defense out just as much as it helps the offense. Yeah, it's a great the, point, Luke. The run game. I think it was because the run game wasn't as productive as and as efficient as maybe he wanted. So he's just like, all right, that's all right. We're going to put it in Kirk's hands. Let's air it out. Right. And, uh, right. yeah, we're going to score a touchdown here. Right. <laughs> um, let, let's talk new defensive line depth chart without Zedarius and the position battles now that take center stage with Zedarius out of the mix. After I remind folks that we're now partnered with Sirius XM. You can find all of Locked On Sports Minnesota shows on the Sirius XM app. You can also find all of your local broadcast so for instance the twins play the dodgers this afternoon at two central twins with a big bounce back win last night trying to win the series in la you can catch every pitch of the twins hometown broadcast with sirius xm on the sxm app search twins final talking point here i know we love talking position battles on this show luke we did a mock 53 man roster on the machine or the machine the uh, the football party last Thursday. That's an old podcast. That's go back and find the archives of that one. Um, this is what we projected at the time. We had Hunter, we had Davenport, we had Zadarius Smith, and we had Patrick Jones as our edge rushers. And then on the interior, we had Phillips, Bullard, Lowry, Tonga, Roy, and Otomewo. I guess uh, who takes that Zadarius Smith spot as an edge rusher? Is it DJ Wanham? Kenny Willickis, Andre Carter. Uh, who do you have in the mix now without Zadarius Smith, Luke? It's got to be DJ Wanham. People are quick to forget two years ago, this man led the team in sacks. Yeah, granted, it was like eight and a half, seven and a half, something like that. But I think especially just given how thin they are after moving on from Zadarius, you knock on wood, you hope Daniil can play another 17-game slate, of course. But this is a position that Brian Flores is going to rely on a lot. And I think it's going to be a heavy rotation. He's going to need a lot of different pieces to the puzzle. So I think Pat Jones and I think DJ Wanham now become the clear two back 
backups, Luigi Villain. Uh, he was a UDFA last year, made the 53, surprised a lot of people, uh, didn't get a ton of playing time. But uh, maybe they think there's something there as far as maybe a pass rush specialist as well. Andre Carter, super excited about maybe his prospects two, three years down the road. I doubt and I don't think we should really expect too much from him in year one, but he's definitely going to be a pass rush specialist type of guy as well. The other thing to think about, too, we always just assume and think about Brian Flores sending the house on these blitzes in a 3-4 defensive scheme, right? He runs the dime package, guys, 40% of the time. So you're going to see a lot less maybe linebackers, for example, and a lot more defensive backs. So maybe that means Cam Bynum has ended up playing the second slot cornerback and he's coming on a blitz, for example. So um, that's another thing to think about as much as we're putting a lot of heavy emphasis on who's going to be the new pass rushers now at linebacker. Brian Flores just doesn't blitz and just blitz linebackers. He blitzes and he sends a little bit of everything. So I'm excited to see not only you know the front seven and how this all shakes out, but the secondary specifically, knowing he runs so much dime package it's going to be interesting to see how he puts all these pieces of the puzzle together fair points by luke uh reggie you a dj want him you want him you got him <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm looking at dj want him you know um i think he's been productive as a member of the team and i, I think it's time for him to kind of take a, another step forward but also last year it was interesting to see Patrick Jones kind of come on. There were some games where he kind of took over, um, had a couple uh, multiple sack performances in games. And so I think, you know, he he put out the little hype video. He had the – did you guys see when he had like the, the Louis Vuitton shorts on and the Jordan 11s and he's like just uh, – what was it? I think it was like a hang clean or, or like a – squad or so it was something he was doing that that went kind of viral on on uh twitter but he looks like he's already just getting after it ready to work this year so the the one thing too that you you brought up about andre carter it's kind of crazy the dude's six seven two sixty like the dude just looks like an nfl player uh and and he was very productive with army last season and so i think Maybe you look at him and you're like, oh, they might be able to find some type of value for him. But it's kind of hard, especially, you know, an undrafted free agent, unless he just blows everybody away at camp and and really does some things. It's kind of hard to see him play a factor. But, you know, some of these guys that have kind of played a little bit of a background role, as you said, DJ Wanham just a couple years ago was kind of like the leading guy because he was really like the the only guy to, to just kind of stay healthy and, and finish things out that year. So he took advantage of the, the added playing time. But it's time for some of these other guys to step up a little bit. And like I said, there are still some good guys that are on the free agent market. And now that you have a little bit of cash flexibility, maybe you can sign one or two of those guys to kind of come in and help. But I do think that, uh, as you said, Luke, we're going to see some things like – I think it's very, very not out of the realm of possibility to see Byron Murphy come come on a blitz and and try to get after the quarterback. Like he's going to be doing some exotic things to kind of make up for their shortcomings. Uh, Brian Flores, I mean, to to kind of help this defense excel and and stay, as you said, like kind of within that middle of the pack. Because if they can do that and they have the weaponry on offense to sustain drives, you talked about 
you know, the time of possession, they signed Josh Oliver. That's an indication that they want to ground and pound a little bit more and maybe play time of possession, keep away from teams a little bit. If they can do that on offense and then have a, a just a complimentary style defense, they should be okay. I am going to put my flag in the ground for Luigi Villane because I think that they didn't stash him on the roster last year for nothing. They clearly retained him, kept him around because they feared that he would be poached if they let him go. They kept him around all year on the 53. Why? Why would they do that? Brian Windhorst meme. Why would they do that? I think they have some plans for Luigi Villain. And the more I look at it, the more I think they might have to keep five edge rushers. So even without Zedarius, I think we might see uh, Villain, Luke, your guy, Kenny Willekes make the roster and then just kind of battle it out from there. I yeah, don't I'm, know. I'm if... curious to see what Kenny Willickis's position, true position, ends up being now in this three-four. Does he put on some mass and muscle and become one of these five techniques, hand in the dirt, or does he get a little bit lighter and leaner and try to get a little bit more explosive and be a stand-up edge rusher guy? But either way, I really like Kenny Willickis coming out of Michigan State. I like your bold take here on Luigi Villain because you're right, Sam. To, to lock up a, a spot on that 53-man roster, given all the other big names that they ended up releasing, that said a lot. That said volumes. And I think they really like the potential of that guy as an edge rusher, especially, again, in a Brian Flores system. Uh, big thanks to Bear Beers and Don Julio for the questions today. Uh, we covered a lot of ground. Talked to Cap. Talked to Neil. Talked Dalvin. Uh, had a lot of fun doing it. Reggie Wilson, Care 11 Sports Director and Anchor. He's at Reggie Wilson TV on Twitter. And Luke Inman is at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter. He covers the draft and the Vikings here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. Fellas, good stuff. We'll talk to you on Friday for the roundtable. And I'm Sam Ekstrom on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom. Comment below. How should the Vikings use their newfound cap space? And do you want Dalvin Cook back on the team? Holler at us in the YouTube comments or on Twitter. Thanks a lot for watching the football party this afternoon. So long. Just for Luke, be blessed. Spread love. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.